Welcome to episode eight of the third power. Yeah, episode eight. <laughs> you know, if we technically count like the point five episodes, we're at number ten. But, Man, double digits. Very nice. Very nice. But I, th- but I think I'm gonna wait to do the the celebration until we get to you know the the official number ten. Right. The two of us actually do a, a full episode number ten together. Then we can uh, have our uh, pants off, dance off, or whatever. <laughs> Break out the party favors and whatever. Right, right. Party hats and strategic locations and such. <laughs> exactly. Now, before we uh, get into the, oh, a well, bad pun intended, the meat of the uh, of the episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just bad. Uh, first, I want to give uh, give some major props to Gavin uh, Verhe and uh, Adam Staborski for giving uh, the Third Power a shout out on the uh, latest Monday Night Magic. Yeah, like, that's was awesome. Like, yeah, I was listening to it at work and was just kind of, you know, just doing my thing and then heard that and I was just like, what? Like Gavin talking about like, hey, uh, you know, these guys have this, uh, you know, uh, pod, cube podcast and it's really awesome. I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on over Is here? Is he talking about me? Yeah, just like, wait a minute. And he pronounced my name right, I, I think, or at least it was close enough. It wasn't like, uh, what was that uh, when Tristan? us man? Yeah, us man. Oh us my god, man, James Ill, Jam <laughs> Ill, <laughs> like a DJ. Yeah, from yeah right. Yeah, yeah. You can be the, you can be the us man with the ill jams. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like and uh, I don't know. I don't. I remember Tristan saying he listened to the show, and I don't know if he still does, but like there was an episode of uh, this was one of those draft videos where he did with Masters Edition Four. Oh, okay. And uh, there was like one of the like the opponent played a bottle of Suleiman. Yeah. And he, and he didn't pronounce he pronounced it like I, I don't know, but it was I, it wasn't right. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, man. I wasn't like tilted or anything. But I was like, ah. But I don't know. Uh, dumb dumb like, tangent uh, aside. My my, fa- my still my favorite card mispronunciation is uh, from um, what's the set after Morning Tide again? Why can't I think of the name of it? Oh my, Shadowmore. Shadowmore. Thank you. I, I'm pretty sure it was Shadowmore. Um, Win Grattle Scarecrow. Not is that the blue black one. I, I don't know, but all I know is that it's Wing Rattle because you know it has wings that uh, rattle. Yeah, not Win Grattle. Win Grattle. I've heard some bad ones. I used, I used to have a friend back in the day. He. <clears throat> Like during revise or whatever, he used to mispronounce stuff terribly. It was just bad. And uh, before I forget, before I forget, also, uh, I also want to thank, uh, give a props to Tristan. He was, uh, he was at least he said on on his Twitter, he's like, hey, listen in third power, it's awesome. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And also to uh, to Cranny and uh, Sam Stoddard on because they gave us a shout out on the uh, In Contention podcast. Also, very cool. Yeah, I was well, yeah. Stodd was present, I think, for the only credit card game I was, uh, I was, uh, even remotely involved in. Um, being married, I don't get to play credit card game very often. Um, for those of you guys unfamiliar, everybody throws their credit card in. Whoever the waitress picks first or last has to pay for the entire meal. And, uh, we were at Dick's Last Resort. We were at Dick's Last Resort in San Di- at uh, Pro Tour San Diego, um, and Adam Prozac bought my action. So I paid my bill. He took my money, 
and uh, Sam Stodd wound up losing that credit card game and had to pay for everybody, which meant Ew. Adam got paid to eat, so he was pretty happy. See, I always thought the credit card game was like, you know, people, everybody pools all their cards together, and whoever has the best poker hand wins or something. Oh, I don't know. We always just do it. We put them all in a big pile and mix them up, and uh, the waitress, one by one, pulls them out and hands them back, and whatever's the last card in there has to pay for everything. Uh, see, I don't know. I'm I'm behind on these things. I don't know. Obviously, I've never actually done this before, so, yeah, I got nothing. Anyway. But, yeah, speaking of a bunch of cards being shuffled together and whatnot, we got to do, do the Crack-A-Pack. All right, let's do the Crack-A-Pack, and let's see if I can uh, mispronounce as many cards as possible here. Jusum so. Dijin. Dijin. All right, now, <laughs> we're, we're using my cube again, which is about uh, 525 unpowered, about 65 cards per section. Uh, unpowered, if I already said that, no fast mana, so no Sol Ring, no Grim Monolith, stuff like that. All right, here we go. Card number one is Whip Quarter. <laughs> to quote Stewie All right. Griffin. All right, card number Yeah, I was about to say, Stewie Griffin. Hinder. Hinder? Hinder. <laughs> if you're trying to tilt me, you just might do it. Oh, man, we got 13 more to go. Card number three, Tiermanate. <laughs> okay. It's like Spanish or like Portuguese yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. That's the best I can come up with. All right, here's the next one. This one that I can't possibly mispronounce, so I'll just do an impersonation. Char. Ah, uh, yes. We can say chair. Chair. Yeah. Char. <laughs> Share. Yeah, share. Auto-tune for the loss. Card number five. Um, I'm done mispronouncing. Ancestral vision. Ah, uh, yep. Like Ancestral Vision card number six, Wasteland. Oh, I like that. Card number seven, Reanimate. Pr- uh, pretty prophetic of this episode. Yeah. Card number eight, woo, Rolling Earthquake. Oh, yeah, that's... that's For those of you guys who don't know what Rolling Earthquake is, that's a Portal 3 Kingdoms card, uh, X and a red, deals X damage to all... Players and all creatures without horsemanship. Next card, number nine, etched oracle. Hmm. Etched oracle. I happen to like this card. Some people don't, but I do. All right. Card number ten, maze of if. Oh man, it's a nice one too. All right. Number eleven, core skyfisher. Card number twelve, ink eyes, servant of oni. Hmm. Card 13 is a card that actually is probably finding its way out of my cube very soon, as much as I like it, and that's Laquatus' Champion. I can get behind it leaving. Card number 14. Yeah, you know, I thought I had already taken it out, but eh. Card number 14 is Spike Shot Elder. I like I like that. I've been more I've been more impressed with that card than I thought I would be, but I'm, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And card number fifteen, Berserk. Right with before you like taking croppers. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, we have three red cards here in uh, Char, Rolling Earthquake, and Spike Shot Elder. 
We have three black cards and Ink Eyes, Laquatus' Champion, and Reanimate. We have two white cards in Whip Quarter and Core Skyfisher. Two blue cards with Ancestral Vision and Hinder. Um, one multicolored, well, technically two multicolored cards in Terminate and Etched Oracle. Berserkers are only green card and two lands in Wasteland and Maze of Ith. Hmm. What do you think? One thing I was thinking uh, as you were breaking those down, like unlimited resources, sometimes they uh, like take one card from each color. Like you try to find like the best card from each color and then use that as a way to narrow it down. Sure, we can do that. I'll go ahead and eliminate hinder then and leave ancestral vision. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that for sure. Okay. How about the white? Uh, for white, I think we can out of Skyfisher and Whip Quarter. I'm gonna go ahead and keep Skyfisher. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's like I think Whip Quarter is more like more like uh more general like it fits in more stuff but i think core skyfisher is definitely more powerful overall all right i think we'll i'll pick berserk as the green card we'll keep yeah that's got a lot of competition over there <laughs> um all right the black cards we have i'm going to go ahead and eliminate uh Laquatus's champion but that leaves us with reanimate and ink eyes hmm if i had to pick one of those i think i would take reanimate um, just because it's easier to cast, has, uh, has some good uses to it as well. You know, it can, can possibly go into a, an archetypical deck that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later with build around cards. Um, and, and I think it's more fun. If, if I had to pick a, a more fun card to build around, I think I would, I would pick reanimate over ink eyes. Even though I like ink eyes very much, I just, would rather not take a double black card at this point when there's a single black card that's very powerful available. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty easy to fit in a deck's reanimate. Like, and also it's just like uh, you, you may just end up having to jettison ink eyes because like there's only so many so much room for so many finishers in a deck, for example. Yep. And like say say you end up getting like a grave titan or something later. I mean, you know, there's obvious synergy between the two, but sure, like. You know, so are you okay season. with uh, reanimate over ink eyes? Yeah, and Laquash the champion. Yeah, I think is. Yeah, yeah I thought I took it out. I thought I took it out for a grave titan, but eh, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to re take a look at my list. Sometimes my cube cards kind of sneak back in. They've been in for too long. Yeah. Like no, <laughs> no matter what I did, I keep finding like uh, Iwamori of the Open Fist back in my cube, and I, I'm like, man, I could have sworn I took this card out for fun. <laughs> it's like, what is and this doing it in here? Back, it keeps coming back. All right. So the red cards, I think the red cards are a little harder cut. It's a Char, Rolling Earthquake, and Spike Shot Elder. Huh. I feel as though I don't think I ever want to first pick Char. That doesn't seem like – if I'm taking a burn spell out of the two, I think I am much more likely to pick Rolling Earthquake over the Char. Yeah, like it's it plays – I mean, Char is a really good card, but, yeah, it's just yes. not something I would first pick. And, you know – Especially with the the rest of the cards in this pack, but I, I'm just not sure. I mean, I I think I feel like Char should be the could be the the best red spell, but I I think for me, out of the cards I'm seeing here, I think I my first pick out of the red cards would be Rolling Earthquake, um, just because it is direct damage. Um, it can be used as a finisher. It can be used as a sweeper. So I think it sees and has the ability to see play in multiple decks. Obviously not the greatest in the aggro decks because you're going to kill yourself, but, you know, sometimes you just want an X-Bell to finish them off. And I think yeah. it uh, I think it does an okay job of that. So for, for me, I think I'm going to cut down to the Rolling Earthquake. I can get behind that. 
Okay. I'll give you a thumbs up. All right. All right. Now, uh, our multicolor cards, we have Terminate and Etched Oracle. Um, I think Terminate is just, I, I, I don't like picking multicolor cards first, but I feel like Etched Oracle is a card we don't want to see right now because we don't know, you know, if we're a four color deck yet or, you know, a, a multiple color deck, but I feel Terminate should be the, the correct pick out of those two. Well, I think, uh, Oracle could, like, Again, this could be cut just for me not having much experience with historical, but it could be one of those cards that you kind of try to build around. Absolutely. So, but I, I, I don't know if the, uh, yeah, if it's worth it this early, like especially I, with the other stuff in the pack, like Rolling Earthquake. Like, if I'm gonna jump for something, I'll just jump for like Rolling Earthquake or something. Right. And for those of you wondering at home, if, if for those of you who like playing the card City of Ass, um, <laughs> you can with some shenanigans, you can actually. Uh, get five counters on your etched oracle for only four mana because you can use half colors of mana. Oh, just so wow. You know. So, yeah, so you can spend, like, one red, one blue, one black, half of white, and half of green. <laughs> so that way you can get all five colors on there. So, uh, yeah, wow. I, just just an amusing side note for, for those people at home. <laughs> but I think Terminate's a safe one here. Yeah. All right, this is a tough one. Wasteland or Maze of Ith? Oh. I think on overall power level, I... They're both I would, very different kinds of decks, but I, I feel like Wasteland is, is a more universal pick than Maze of Ith is. Even though Maze of Ith might be ostensibly more powerful, I don't know if I'm playing a control deck yet, but I will play true. Wasteland in any kind of deck. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's one of the, it's definitely better in aggro, but I mean I I wouldn't be ashamed to play it in like a, in a Demir control deck or something like that. Oh I, yeah, I mean I I would auto play Wasteland in any deck. Uh, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Would you in a tricolor deck? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if the rest of my mana fixing is good, which if you're playing a three color deck, you should be drafting. I was other about to say you should be doing that anyway. Yeah. Right. You should be drafting. You know, you need to prioritize your dual lands and your and your multicolor lands. So, but yeah, I I would pretty much play wasteland and everything. I, I don't I don't think I have much doubt about that. So, I vote for wasteland. I don't know about you. Agreed. Okay. All right. So, that leaves us with wasteland, terminate, ancestral vision, core sky fisher, berserk, reanimate, rolling earthquake. I'm f- as much as I love Skyfisher, I'm fine cutting that from from the uh, cards to consider. Yeah, he's just not the cards just not nearly as powerful as the other cards here. I'm down. Yeah, uh, I think also Berserk can be another one we can cut. I know those of you people who like to cut a color and oh, I'm going to keep the people on my left out of green. I don't think Berserk is a card that's going to push people into green necessarily. Um, it's a combat trick. We can most likely, if we really wanted it, we may wind up looping it. And I just don't think it's as, I don't think it's as flexible or as good as the other cards here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, very, very good card, but you know, just not not on the well, level of the others. Yeah, and I and I don't feel like taking a the only green card in the pack is going to prevent people from playing green. No. All right, so I. For me, I think I cut Terminate here as the next one, just because I don't like taking multicolor cards first, unless it's something like absolutely retarded, like Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah, or like a, a Johnny Vengeance or something. Or a card we'll talk about later. Uh. <laughs> Same color combination. So I'm going to cut Terminate. Are you down? Yep. All right. 
Um, I, I, I gotta tell you, looking at these last four, for me, I kind of have it in my mind between, uh, two of them. Um, I kind of have it in my mind between Wasteland and Ancestral Vision. Um, as much as I like Reanimate or Rolling Earthquake, I feel like the other two are just, are, are gonna fit into more kinds of decks that I think are powerful in the cube, mm-hmm. um, than the Reanimate or the Rolling Earthquake. I don't know what you think about that, but. I don't know, like, again, gratuitous plug for the, uh, the SWAT articles that I did. Then again, I just, I just think they're really good. <laughs> and I spent a while on them. So You're I don't not know. biased at all, it's okay. No, not at all. But one of the things I definitely, it definitely helped me to realize was kind of like the, uh, the composition of how colors play. And, you know, I think, like, for example, Rolling Earth, like, for those who are playing along and who, who don't really, care enough to click on whatever in the show notes, because it'll probably end up there. Probably. But, like, it's important to keep color strengths, like, what a color is good at, in mind. And while I think Rolling Earthquake is probably Red's best mass removal spell, I... I don't know. I I think, yes, it's, it's harder to fit in Red decks, per se. Like, you know, like, a red-green aggro deck isn't going to be very happy to play it, or a Boros deck. I mean, granted, you have stuff like red-white ramp or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's like, most for the most part, it's just going to it's gonna be most happy in a, uh, you know, an Izzet deck, red-blue. Well, I feel it, like, I always feel like this card, unlike Starstorm, which you want in, in stronger red decks, I feel like this card is probably the easiest, is the easiest card to, easiest mass removal to splash. Um, I I think it's super easy to pick up, um, red signets and things like that. Um, since a lot of times the red decks, uh, aren't using their signets very much, the single red and the mana cost and the fact that it hits all creatures essentially, um, I think in addition to it being scalable, I, I think really make it flexible and I'm happy to see this in a blue white control deck a blue-black control deck, a black-white control deck that you can, you know, you have good mana and you can splash for it. Yeah, like, um, where does this come from? Blue-white control deck. Right, but but I, I, I kind of like it in those kind of decks better, and I don't know. I think I think I'd rather just have the other two cards more than more than these two. But it's really weird how, like, Rolling Earthquake is not really that red of a card. I mean, it is red. But, yeah, Portal, 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 like, the Portal sets, and I think especially, like, Three Kingdoms, had a lot of really... Interesting cards, like Jiahao Dune. I, th- I, I I'm probably mispronouncing it, but whatever. The uh, the three two horsemanship guy mm-hmm. that costs like a billion dollars. I think that's a really interesting card. But and I think I ended up playing that in my cube for a while. But people picked it low because I think they didn't know how to play it right. Like they were like, wait, I can't attack and sacrifice it. Well, I'm like, well, just do one or the other. It's like you're not forced to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I played uh, Imperial Recruiter in my cube for a while, uh, while I owned one. And I, while it was very interesting at times, and there were really neat cards that you can go and get with it, we wound up cutting it because it just didn't fit into red at all. Like, in this, like, that was one of those cards I really wanted to like. Like, and it was one of those cards that was in, like, the early, early drafts of my cube. Because I'm like, I can just proxy everything, so... Mm-hmm. There's there was no price barrier entry for me to use that card, but just the one one body was so 
So yeah, the one one three is is kind of crappy. So, all right, can we uh can we agree to cut the black and the red card? You think? Uh. Or do you want to leave one of them in? I'm f- I'm fine with cutting reanimate. <laughs> all right, all right. So reanimate's gone. All right, so here we go. Make it make a choice. Wasteland, ancestral vision, rolling earthquake. Uh, okay. We need to, we need to get we need to get hopping. We got lots of cool stuff to talk about here. Uh, wasteland. Wasteland. All right. Um, yeah. Um, for me, it's either wasteland or ancestral vision. Um, I do like that ancestral. Uh, it, it's really tough. Um, for me, I think. Just to be different, I think I'm going to go ahead and pick Ancestral Vision just because, you know, I don't play Ancestral because of the lack of power. And the card is just so powerful. Um, blue is never a bad place to be. But, you know, for me, it, it could be a coin toss. I can argue for either one of them. But uh, I, I would be happy. This is one of those moments where I would take two cards, hand them to a friend of mine, and say, hand me one of them blind. And they would yeah. just pick one, and then I would draft that one. Coin so, flip. Right. And, you know, and I like Ancestor Vision. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, well, sometimes you don't get to cast it. You know, you have, to, you have to wait four turns to draw your three cards for one mana or whatever. And then, you know, there are times when you bituminous blast into it. You know, so. Oh, nice. So, wow. You know. I, I don't know. I like, I used to run Ancestral Visions. I ended up just, I ended up cutting it eventually. Oh. But I don't know. It's another one of those cards I, I can mean, probably... I mean, you also have actual Ancestral in your cube, though, so... But I think even if, like, I wouldn't mind running both. It's kind of like running Lightning Bolt and Chain Lightning. Sure. If, if an inferior version of a card is inferior to an existing card, like, as long as it's not, like, horrible or, you know, unplayable, then it's I think it's right. fine. But, also, and, like, uh, I also like ticking Ancestral Vision like a clock. Yeah, <laughs> When you play it, you put it right side up, and then you turn it 90 degrees for the first turn, 90 degrees, and then when it gets all the way back around, ding, draw three cards. How would that work with uh, with Gargadon? Um, yeah. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> Have you a know, sundial. And since these cards them. are rectangular, they work pretty easy turning them 90 degrees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not All right, so sundial. so wasteland and ancestral vision. I'm, I'm I'd be down with either one of those, but I'm going to say ancestral, and you're going to say wasteland, and I'm not going to be able to possibly remotely argue with about that. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to cover, but I I don't know. It, it's again kind of a toy. for me. It's a coin flip between uh, wasteland and uh, rolling earthquake. Yeah, for especially me, yeah. like the yeah, splash. Yeah, I like the splash. You know, like sometimes I find the term splashable to be overused. But that's a card I'm definitely happy to splash. Yeah, like if I have, uh, you know, a couple of dual lands and like a blue, you know, a Nazorius control deck, I'm more than happy to go, you know, Captain America for it. Sure. Star Spangled Slaughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to our, uh, let's get on to the main topic, which is, uh, talking about build around cards in cube. Um, and, you know, when you talk about build around me cards, you know, I'm not talking about, hey, lightning bolt, I can draft. All the lightning bolts. Yeah. <laughs> my opponent's face. I'm talking about, you know, cards that basically have, uh, very strong synergy and very powerful interactions with other cards in the cube. And for me, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like there are two types. Um, I feel like there's build around me cards that if you open them at any point in time, they're fine. They can go right into your deck. 
There are ways to, you know, use them effectively. They're good at, they're playable in any kind of archetype. You know, you're happy to open them in pack three. And then I feel like there are ones that you really, really want to open in pack one. Because, you know, when you open them in pack three, you're like, well, even though I'm these colors, I can't play this card because it doesn't do, you know, what I want it to do. Uh, like the much about that. Yeah, like the, uh, and I, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about stuff like that. I mean, I never, I had it in mind, but I never quite formalized it. But it's definitely a good point, and I definitely agree with it. Stuff like, there's some, like, even some cards, yeah, that are going to be in the same color as the cards that you're in, but you just can't support it. And, like, like and we'll go into ones later, you know, in, in the discussion. But Oh, yeah, there's a couple the, really obvious ones. Yeah, or I'll just throw one out right now, like Wildfire. Like, in a red deck, it's just like, if I'm going red-green beats and I see a wildfire, I'm like, ugh, no, dagger, that's not right. going to work. Right, can't, can't possibly do it. But, like, you know, other, more, you know, again, to use the term universal in this way, just more universal cards are very easy to just splash and everything. And one of the points that you brought up when we were talking about it uh, before the episode was there's a difference between, like, synergies and, like, build-around cards. Like, you know, technically... Equipment does nothing on its own, you know, like, build around me cards require support. And, you know, there's, you know, there's the quote-unquote combo of, like, a Bone Splitter and an Isamaru, and that's that's a combo, I mean, I guess, you know, really loosely, right. really. Burn spell plus your face, like, same yeah. kind of combo, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but it's more, I mean, that's that's more of a synergy. I mean, a better analog of a build around me would be something like Stoneforge Mystic, and uh, Umizawa's Jite or something. Or the aforementioned Bone Splitter. I mean... Yeah, exactly. It, you know, these are... While there are, while there are definitely synergies between the two, you definitely have just a much, much stronger interaction between the two that causes your entire deck to be more powerful. And, and I think that's really what, what we're getting at here. Um, and these cards can, can spawn entire archetypes by themselves. Um, they can form miniature combos inside of your uh, otherwise control deck or otherwise aggro deck or whatever it might be. Um, and I think it's important to talk about these because, uh, you know, some people have a tendency to overlook some of the interactions, and I just think it's a fun topic to talk about and, and introduce people to some of the some of the different things that we found to be nice build-around cards that you may or may not be playing. Maybe we can uh, enlighten you to, uh, to some of the, the fun of some of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially... Like, once you, like, some of the combos, it's like, sometimes you'll figure out, or, you know, hear about it, it's like, oh, man. And that's the best part of, like, the stories especially. I think stories are definitely one of the best parts of Cube, and, like, the build-rounding cards, like, are the best, or among the best cards for, like, really good Cube stories. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, man, I did this, you know, hey. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, it's like, wow, I never thought of those two cards together, or holy crap, you know, like, there's a lot of stories like that. Well, let's talk, um, let's, let's talk about that first group, about the cards that were pretty much playable pretty much all the time, that you'd be happy to have them in your deck, provided you can play them. You know, you're in the correct color. Okay, yeah. Let's start with those. Um, why, don't you, why don't you start out by talking about uh, the, the first archetype here, um, featuring one of the cards. Um, I haven't been able to obtain a copy, not even a, a non-foil copy yet, to test it out. What? Uh, yeah, I, I can't find one. What? I can't find one. Why don't, why don't you talk about this uh, 
this branch of build around me cards first. You're going to tell me what that card is after. Uh, it's, the, the first... it's, it's that very first one you're going to talk about. Really? I've got one. I'll hook you up. Uh, the first one, this archetype is the uh, kind of like the called the blink archetype, you know, based around, uh, you know, kind of re- uh, abusing triggers that happen when something comes into play or enters the battlefield. Ugh, no. But, you know, just cards like, uh, you know, the the flagship card, and I don't know if it's, I'd say it's really, I don't really play it right now, but, you know, momentary blink just because the name of the effect, but also cards like uh, Crystal Shard, uh, Revel Arc. Come on, name uh, it. Name the one I don't have. Do Venser. Yeah. Venser the Sojourner. God, I don't know how you don't have that. That's crazy. But uh, all these cards combining with cards that have Enter the Battlefield triggers like uh, Cloud Goat Ranger, uh, Deranged Hermit, uh, Tide Hollow Sculler. Uh, yeah, I mean, or or leaves play triggers as well, because you know Revlark's got that leaves play trigger. Um, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, Sundering Titan has a leaves play trigger as well. Oh man, that card's sick. But yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these. I mean, there's a ton of creatures with come into play, uh, enter the battlefield triggers, like in all colors. I think black is really good at it with like the Necrotal Shriek Maws, things like that. And Bone Shredder. Know, yeah, Bone Shredder. Get crank, get crank to die, kind of thing. But you know, we're also gonna talk about like kind of uh, before I forget, kind of where these archetypes, these kind of archetypes, can live in as kind of like maybe sub themes or how they manifest themselves in cube. Sure, because I mean, you, I mean, obviously, if you're playing blue, crystal shards a pretty good card, you know. Regardless, if you're playing white, revel arc, pretty good card. But when you start getting multiples of them together and you start building, you know, drafting other cards around them to support them, like more uh, enter the battlefield triggers, you know, um, you can get really stupid. Um, I, I've been able to uh, to lock people out with uh, Tide Hollow Sculler plus uh, Crystal Shard. Oh, um, with the can, triggers. Yeah, what well, you just, you know, during their during their draft step, you know, after they draw. You know, you, you can, there, you, there, there's ways to, to, to walk around. I don't remember how I kept getting it in play, but there are ways that you can, you know, you can really keep people locked, locked out of things just by abusing those, you know, come into play and leaves playability. Scholar is a bad example, but. But even I, there, like, are, there are tricks you can do with it, you know, where you're permanently removing cards from their hand, you know, play it, ability on the stack, return it to your hand, you know, kind of things. Yeah, like a mesmeric fiend. Exactly. And I think, like, definitely, and I think uh, Cranny from Incontention was talking about how maybe a few years ago, this might not have even been an archetype, and now suddenly it's getting to the point where it can be because of cards like Venser and things like that. Yeah, well, why did I see Scholar? I, I can't remember what I was thinking of where I was able to lock. Oh, I was probably confused. Um, I used to have a, an Allies deck. I played in Type 2 that when you put Belaged Thief into play, you have the, the Raise the Alarm. And you can, as long as you have raised the alarm, you can lock them out of their draw phase. Oh, you just do it during their draw step? Yeah, you just do it during their draw step and they have to discard two cards. Oh. <laughs> so, sorry, I don't know why, why I was thinking Scholar, just, but that's kind of a neat thing if, if you want to permanently remove cards from people's hands. Yeah. Because you I can think... do it multiple times in the same turn as well, you know. Yeah. Granted, it costs three <laughs> mana a pop, but, you know. Shrug. If you're removing two cards from the, it's, if you're, you know, removing two of their best cards from their hand, never to return or be in the graveyard, and you still wind up with a 2-2, probably not a bad idea. 
Yes, but you're probably making probably making good on that. In terms of uh, how it manifests in cube, I think definitely in tempo-based decks, it's very useful. You know, decks like, you know, uh, Bant, you know, those kinds of decks, like blue-white, uh, white-green. And also, I think it's also really useful just in general. Like these, like Revelark is fine in just about any white deck. But I think in general, 187 abilities, you know, uh, triggers that come that come attached to creatures, essentially. They're pretty well represented in all colors in cube. Like, I'd say probably more in black, if I had to say, but, you know, gun to my, or black and probably green. Yeah, I, I really like a, a lot of blue-green decks, and green especially, because green just has the, the, number, the number one stunner of come-into-play abilities. Which, which one? Eternal Witness, bro. Oh, 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 yeah. Card is wow. absurd. Oh, yeah, and we'll also have to be talking about some really nuts kind of examples just to get the juices flowing and, yeah, get, and you getting know, me to freak out. And Exactly. <laughs> like You guys may already know these, but, you know, they're, they're kind of fun to point out. Uh, for example, you know, Venture Planeswalker or Shard plus Eternal Witness or... <laughs> yeah. I one of my personal favorites is Shard plus Venser Creature mm-hmm. <laughs> is another good one too. Like have fun casting spells, having permanence, you know. Yeah, good game there. So now, since I don't have the Venser Planeswalker, I haven't had the pleasure yet of removing the Venser Creature with the Venser Planeswalker yet. It's pretty good. <laughs> no complaints here. It's it's a pretty nice. It's especially since Venser the creature has flash. You're just doing your upkeep, whatever. And then pick, uh, pick something else up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite sick. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a very in- it's it's very easy to integrate into other into archetypes. Like you can put Revel Arc like uh what was that? The the boat brew deck? That was a few oh, years yeah, ago. Oh yeah, yeah, the red white deck. Yeah, like it had you know I mean yeah, obviously Power Mage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had Gale Powder Mage, and, you know, there's other cards, like... Kitchen Finks. Yeah, Finks, with any, uh, you know, any, like, Crystal Shard, or Erratic Portal is ridiculous, or Venser. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty sick. Yeah, it but, also played, uh, uh, Murderous Red Cap, too. Yeah, and Siege Gang, I think. Yeah, so that's it's had all, all kinds triggers of triggers to abuse with your, uh, with your guys. And it's kind of like, you know, obviously, in, in a constructed... Uh, you're gonna have better control over your synergies, but even in cube, it's not super hard to get. For example, like Revel Arc and other white creatures, that's not gonna be very hard. Sure. Well, the other thing too is that because this is a limited format, um, any of these kind of powerful synergies that you can get um, are going to be even more powerful in this environment. Um, you know, constructed decks, yeah, that can constantly blink creatures in and out. You know, that was a good deck for a while, but it was still beatable um, because, you know, all the other decks were constructed, too. They also had four copies of awesome cards yeah. in, a, in a limited format where, you know, people's decks are less good than constructed. If you have a constructed-esque combo in your deck, it I think it's relatively more powerful, um, even though it might be a little bit harder to assemble or, you know, you're not going to have as much um, redundancy and being able to get what you can out of, you know, interacting favorably with Crystal Shard. But, you know, Crystal Shard also acts as Rashad in port. 
<laughs> in case you didn't know, your opponents just can't play creatures without any without an additional mana up or bye bye creature, you know. <laughs> so you know, there there's that aspect of it too that yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to well, you know, you really got to try hard to do this, but you know, if you can get something like eternal witness shard online, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absolutely even, absurd. Or even just Kitchen Finks shard. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it does. You know, it doesn't even need to be something completely over the top. You know, it can just be a a decent effect. Like, I don't know. I don't like order. Like Kitu Slinger. It doesn't need. It doesn't even need to be something like Flame Tongue Kabu. You know, yeah. which is obviously ridiculous. But oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Those little interactions, the those synergies go a, a much longer way in this kind of format. Um, I just kind of wanted to get out there, get that out there at the at the beginning, so you guys have a a bigger idea of what kind of an impact these these things we're going to talk about have. Wait, so, wait. So since you went on your soapbox, does that mean I get to take a shot? Oh, uh, don't worry, you'll have your shot. Yes. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that at some point you will uh, get on the uh, that you will have horsemanship. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a very high horsemanship. And uh, talk about something at some point. Oh, I know. Uh, I just got to give you a little bit of trouble. Oh, of course. You know, I, <laughs> I, I got to catch up somehow. That's true. I got to catch up somehow. All right, let's let's keep going. Let's talk about um, the next group of cards. And once again, you know, we're still in the playable and anything uh, set. And these are for me the what I consider the mana denial cards. Um, these are cards like uh, Braids, Cabal Minion, Smokestack, Tangle Wire, Opposition. Cards like that. Um, these cards definitely um, can be played in pretty much. Uh, they work best in aggressive decks because obviously, if you're a control deck, you don't want to be tangle wiring yourself necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so these cards really work um, at the top of an aggro curve because um, basically they help you. Well, they're disruption cards. They they stop your opponent from catching up. You know, when you're ahead because you played a one drop, a two drop, and a three drop and they only played a three-drop, these are the kind of cards that are going to keep you ahead. Um, obviously, Braids can work just fine in control decks as well. I've seen it do many retardo things in there, um, especially when you're able to do things like ramp and get extra permanence out of your cards. Um, obviously, these cards work great in combination with um, token strategies, uh, things like Spectral Procession, um, Bitter Blossom, uh, you know, even cards like if you play, uh, what's the, what's the guy you were talking Cloud Goat Ranger. Yeah. Um, Sacred Mesa. Uh, you know, there, there's just a bunch of them out there. Uh, Conqueror's Pledge, if, Siege if that's Gang. the way you like to roll. Siege Gang Commander. You know, these are all cards that just help make it better. But when you can get these kinds of cards all together, um, maybe a Braids and a Smokestack, a Smokestack and a Tangle Wire, um, you're really going to wind up with a, const- you know, once again, you're going to wind up with a constructed type effect. You're going to wind up with a stacks type of deck, especially if you can add cards like Lodestone Golem to the mix. Like, yeah, not only can you, you're going to have less lands or be able to use less lands, but all your spells are more expensive too. Good luck. <laughs> so can you think of uh, of other ways to, to use these cards? There's a, there's other, like, uh, the ones that sacrifice creatures, like one of my favorite kind of cog kind of cards, like Bloodgast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rage, that's, that's right. just sick. That's just sick. 
Oh, yeah, like blood gas plus braids, okay, or a plus smokestack, yeah, things that keep coming back. Personally, I think, you know, just the most absurd, uh, which is why if you notice there was uh, one of our cracker packs the other week, why I just, you know, auto-gunned Bitter Blossom first pick is because of its interaction with cards like braids and smokestack. Or even Tangle Warriors, just I'll tap, uh, that's one of my permanents. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, this came into play this turn. It's not doing anything anyway. Tap it. Or, you know, we, we had a deck for a long time that, uh, you know, won a, I, I probably mentioned this, won a very large regionals that was, had squirrel nest braids in it. Whoa. So this was a type two deck. It wound up winning the last super huge Ohio Valley regionals. My roommate was like a 700 and something person tournament. Uh, won it with our our green black braid squirrel nest, you know, spirit monger, uh, wild mongrel, call of the herd. Wow! <laughs> like, well, if I can find the list, I'll I'll see if I can link it in the show notes. But it was just really amusing because you would have you would have just unbeatable beatable openings where you go turn one elves, turn two squirrel nest my land, turn three braids. Good luck. <laughs> Jeez. Because then they're like, sacrifice a permanent. If they don't kill him right away, you're like, trigger on the stack, make a squirrel. Sack squirrel. <laughs> Good luck, sir. Wow. Especially against the uh, the Psychotog decks of the day. Because, uh, yeah, those cards needed some uh, some lands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially to feel like the upheavals and whatever. It's like, okay, you're... Right, good luck getting the six mana. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, here's stay on four or three or something. That's not going to happen. Good luck to you. Yeah, exactly. But I think also, yeah, I I generally, like we talked about it on the uh, on the aggro episode, like where these are really useful cards to uh, help keep the opponent in the early stages of the game. And I think, yeah, they're definitely useful. But it's another example where even if you don't get, like, the super synergistic cards, like, even, yeah, even, like, uh, actually, I guess this is a pretty super synergistic example, Red Cap or Finx. Yeah. And, you, and you'll notice cool. some of these, some of these, some, well, we'll reference a few of these cards multiple times, it's because they're really good at enabling <laughs> combos. Really good at magic. That too, yeah. Like, as it turns out, uh... A pseudo red cap, I mean a pseudo FTK that persists back is is pretty good. Right, right, <laughs> right. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. But yeah, it's just, and that's also another thing to consider, is just cards that perform multiple roles, kind of thing. Like, sure. like yeah, red cap being good with uh, Venser and like braids, for example. Right, but I don't necessarily consider red cap to be the build around me card, but yeah. I consider. The other cards that we're talking about build around me. He just happens to be a piece that fits very well into those into those other ones. He's like the uh, he's like the T block in Tetris. Yeah, okay, I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we should add the every time Usman makes a off the wall analogy, take a shot. Oh man, I don't know, but I like that one. I like that one a lot. Sweet. Unlike uh, some of the cards later, and not even any of the cards later. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what would be the stupid Z-block ones. Is that in Zendikar? That, that, oh! Space the wrong way whenever you needed one. You're just like, no, it's not the right one. Maybe like Inkwell or something? Yeah. Darksteel Colossus? Yeah, <laughs> or Blightsteel or something. I don't know. All yeah. right, let's uh, 
Let's keep going. Oh man, talk about, oh we have to talk about one of my favorite cards. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you lead on this one then if you oh, if you want to do. Stoneforge Mystic, the uh, he who has he who has taken over standard and has been very good for the value of my trade binder. Uh, is a, is another card that you know by himself. I guess herself. Very you know herself by <laughs> itself. Very very average. Um, you know, Squire, etc. OMG Squire. <laughs> yeah. I, I, obviously, you know, I mean, not completely useless, but you know, any sort of any sort of additional targets, you know, as soon as you pick up that equipment, oh, Stone Forge better than one copy, two copies, and yeah, I I can't talk enough about Stoneforge Mystic. I've already said plenty about it. You guys know I love it. Take a look. You can see even see on my Twitter account. Yeah, it's mostly it's your stone. avatar. It is my avatar on Twitter because the card's unreal retarded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's another card I think that fits in this category too, which not completely useless on its own, but obviously every piece that you get that helps supplement it makes it even better. And it's a card I think you just recently added to your cube, right? I think I'm trying it in my commons cube and then, and I think I'm really being iffy on trying it in my powered cube, I think. I think I you should know. try. I think you should run it. I think you should run it. Why don't you, why don't you uh, inform everybody what you're talking about? I was about to say it probably would help. Uh, Trinket Mage? Big Trinks? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's definitely one of those cards where you need support for it. Like, if you just have, like, a Mox, it's not going to get there, I don't think. But I think it's one of those cards that, you know, toolbox cards such as these, you know, you, you, defi- you definitely need at least one good target for it. Like, a Stoneforge with zero targets is obviously just going to be horrible. And well, sure, then you just don't be, play it. Yeah, it's just be, then you'd be an idiot for just playing it. It's like, yeah, that, that actually would be a Squire. But, you know, like, I think Stoneforge, I'm, I'm warming up to the Stoneforge with a GT. Before, I was kind of iffy on it, but, you know, <laughs> and I'm warming up to it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Stoneforge, I mean, ugh, cards just, and, and, you know, the, the better equipment they print, all these swords that are coming out, just increased, increased, increased the value of it. But I think Trinket Mage has a lot of usages too, you know, especially in a power cube. Obviously, you can go get things like, oh, I don't know, uh, Black Lotus? Yeah, or a Mox uh, or something. Ring? Yeah. I mean, even, even in, you know, if we want to talk about non-retardo cards, um, even being able to tutor for something like Engineered Explosives, I, I yeah. think has a lot of value. Or if you're the type of person that likes, uh, Pithing Needle in your cube, Maybe that's a card, you know, that's that's another thing to go get. Or, you know, there's, there's lots of nice, solid little interactions. I feel like you probably need more of those with Trinket Mage than you do with Stoneforge Mystic um, because of the fact that it's a three-mana card instead of a two. And I think uh, Cogs, unless you're talking about things like Sol Ring and, and, and Power Cards, aren't going to be as game-changing as a lot of the big equipments are. You know, like going and getting your Wayfarer's, bo- Wayfarer's Bauble, Probably not as good as getting an Umazawa's Jitta. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but those are cards, once again, very happy to have them, you know, for the most part in decks. But you know what? The the more pieces you have, you know, obviously they require some pieces, but these aren't hard to find pieces. Yeah, unlike it's some, some, like some of the ones we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Uh, another example uh, of a like a build around kind of card are kind of two that are frequently discussed in the same breath. Uh, Life from the Loam and Crucible of Worlds. Yeah, those are awesome cards. And I, I did an article that was pretty TLDR for uh, Evan Irwin's CubeDrafting.com. I might, if I remember, I'll yeah, link it in the show notes so people can so people can check it out. And 
and I kind of touched on it in another episode, but, you know, it's like Life from the Lone has a lot of really, I mean, obviously, you know, like getting back your fetch lands is, you know, getting back fetch lands, getting back man lands is really interesting, but it has, I mean, and that's probably what I would mainly use it for, like if I, if it came down to it, but yeah, there are other really good interactions, whereas if there was enough of those kind of quote unquote side interactions, I would be happy to use it with like, you know, like I said before, Masticores, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or like feeding, uh. Wild Mongrel. Yeah, Wild Mongrel <laughs> or like Psychotog or something, yeah. Stuff well, like uh, that. It's amazing with Psychotog, uh, Life from the Loam is, because, I mean, you're, you're, you're gaining multiple points. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every time you dredge, you're gaining cards. I mean, and then the cards go, the cards that were only worth a half of a point of power are now going to your hand and are worth a full point of power. So uh, that's an amazing interaction. That's don't, true. Don't gloss yeah. over that one. That's a good that's, one. That's sweet. <laughs> but there's also, like, other, uh, you know, like, waste. Uh, Crucible, I'm not as big on because you can't get the whole bring. I think bring it back to your hand is a pretty, inter- is a pretty uh, important part of that. But, you know, there's stuff like, obviously, like, bring back, you know, lands that are getting destroyed. Like, if you want to protect your maze of its or, you know, your man lands. And that's a really nice use for it. It's like, if they kill your treetop, that obviously sucks. Yeah, or your Mishra's Factory, getting your Mishra's Factory back each turn. Yeah. Uh, I, I think even cards that, you know, you say about fetch, you know, fetch lands, but even cards, for example, there's the, uh, what's the double fetch land that goes and gets a forest and a plains? Oh, Crosenverge, yeah. I mean, getting that card back is very good. Um, hello, Hideaway Lands that get destroyed. Oh, yeah. Hideaway like, Lands, everyone. Cycling, even, I mean, I don't even mind Cycling Lands. I mean, obviously Cycling Lands are, are better with Life from the Loam. But even with Crucible, you get to draw a card with them and still play them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you have to talk to, talk about the Retardo interaction. Since we're yeah. trying, since we're trying to mention at least one of those for each of these groups. Yeah, and this is the the big one. Uh, either life or crucible with strip mine. Yeah, we're we're gonna admit I uh I might have gotten a strip mine locked on turn two before in cube. Jeez. <laughs> so you were the victim in that one? I was indeed. I wow. got to play my uh, one drop, and I got to play another one drop, and then I was dead. I was like. He's like, uh, land go, and I go, you know, land one drop. He goes, strip mine, strip your thing. Okay. And he might have played a bird or something. Okay. I'll play my first land again, you know, attack for two or whatever it was. Uh, don't have another one drop, go ahead. He's like, oh, okay. Life from the loan. Get back <laughs> strip like, mine. Uh-oh. Strip your land. Oh boy. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I was dead. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, that was kind of ridiculous. And that's obviously your retardo interaction of, of the day also works pretty well with the wasteland. Obviously not as good, but, uh, yeah, strip mine's pretty good. Especially when you cast it lots of times. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Same. Just a little bit. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Speaking of graveyard. Let's, uh, let's move on to the, to the next set of cards here. Um, now, a lot of people like to talk about this group of cards as one complete archetype by itself. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but this is the, the reanimation spells. We had, you know, we even had one in our cracker pack today. 
cards like uh, Reanimate, Animate Dead, uh, Necromancy, Living Death, Makeshift Mannequin. Um, these kind of cards are the Reanimator cards. You know, obviously you want them in a Reanimation deck and you know have lots of good interactions and you have ways to you know put your guys in your graveyard and get them back out. You know, you guys know how this works. You know. Oh, uh, also Exume. We forgot that one. Oh yeah, Exume uh, for sure. Um, there, there's a couple of them in white that some people like. I don't particularly like Resurrection, uh, Karmic Guide, but you know some people do. But you know, basically all these, all all these cards that are you know bring bring all, stuff back from the grave play, to play back into play. Um, obviously, the best ones are the ones that can hit cards from any graveyard. Um, I would even dare say uh, you, uh, you could you could include uh, Debtors Now in this a little bit too. But you know, whatever, like. That's yeah. more of a control card, a control finisher, but it's the same kind of effect, I think. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I, I like having reanimate, you know, the reanimator cards in my cube, but I find it kind of hard to support as an archetype completely by itself. Yeah, like, um, one of the, like when I started making my cube, one of the initial ones I based one off of was uh, Evan Irwin's cube list. Okay. You know, and he would talk about, uh, you know, and he would do like the videos uh, on uh, on the Magic Show talking about it. And he would, you know, one of the things that uh, really stuck out to me at the time was him talking about like Reanimator, like the archetype Reanimator stuff like that. And when I built my cube, it never really was a standalone archetype. And there was a uh, there was a French uh, site called like uh, Bestiar, something like that. I'm probably mi- butchering that as well, but it was something like that where Essentially, it had, like, if you guys are familiar with tappedout.net, and that's a really good site for uh, if you have a cube and you want to upload it so other people can draft it kind of thing. This was kind of the precursor to that, where it used AI bots and whatever. And it mainly did sets before, like M10 or whatever. And they had Irwin's cube uploaded onto there. And one day, I was like, well, tell you what. I'm going to see how Reanimator works. Just not like, say reanimator components in a uh, in a rock shell or something like that. So just trying to actually draft the reanimator combo combo deck so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much drafting yeah reanimator.deck literally reanimator.deck. And you know I so I forced it, you know, it's just like I'm going to I'm forcing reanimator and what I found at least with that was that uh if I didn't have the entomb in my first however many draws, it was like if it had re- if it had entomb early, the deck was nuts. Sure. If it wasn't for that, it would have been terrible. It was just you know it just felt really awkward, and I felt that uh, you you know it's one of those things where you know it's you know it's obviously a really good constructed archetype. I mean, if it was in Legacy. For a while until Mystical Tutor got restricted, wasn't there? Yeah, like I mean, and it still appears man. from time to time. Every once in a while, I'll play one. Obviously, not as good anymore because you can't tutor for your Exhum very easily, you know, or your Entomb rather. Yeah, well, both. I think both your Entomb and your Exhum in that, oh, in that deck. Yeah, but it was one of those things where I I never felt I never really got did the the reanimation on its own archetype thing. Like, I've heard, you know, there's some people who have cubes that do that, where it is, but it just feels like 
you really have to force some really narrow cards in to do that. Just like careful study or something. And Entomb, I don't know. I could definitely go on a soapbox about Entomb, but I don't know if I don't know if people have enough shot glasses for that for that kind of rants. Yeah, we might have to save that one. Yeah, but I it, I definitely think that it it definitely works closer to uh, how people want it to perform in a constructed context if you include the other narrow cards like like you know, the aforementioned Entomb and like careful study or like hapless researcher or putrid imp. Yeah, putrid imp. And even though I like the card, Una's Prowler. But I think it's it's definitely one of those cards that helps Reanimator a lot more. But well, sure. You, I mean, you, if you want reanim- your Reanimator deck to be a major archetype in your cube, you need to run Unis Prowler. You know, there are just certain cards that you have to run. Um, well, you know, I kind of feel like the archetype in general. You mentioned working in a rock shell. I think it works pretty well in a rock shell because you have cards like uh, Wild Mongrel or uh, Genesis. Um, you know, things like that that you could get extra usages out of things. I think it also works pretty well. I, th- I think pretty well, I-, I like it inside of any sort of black-based slower strategy. Um, black-based mainly because, you know, derf, the cards are all black. But yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you obviously want to be making people either discard their big spells, making, you know, their big creatures or, or killing creatures, you know, t- to be able to get them back, you know. Uh, I think all that kind of stuff works really well. In it. And I think it makes for a good finisher as well. Uh, the same way, like, Bribery can be a finisher in your blue decks. Um, I think, you know, cards like Reanimate and Animate Dead and things like that can be a, a finisher in your black decks. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think, and also I think a lot of the, uh, you know, like, black-green, for example, it brings some really interesting elements to the party, like Terastodon and Primus. Oh, sure. Yes, like, get that thing out early. It's like, okay, I'll blow up. Have some elephants instead of your lands. Good, good yeah. luck. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, you know, obviously, you know, the dream is, you know, inside the rock shell is, you know, turn one bird, turn two wild mongrel, discard this, you know, discard enormous guy, reanimate it. Good luck. Yeah. But even, even well, like, I have to play anything super narrow necessarily. Yeah. I mean, even in like, you know, something like that, even all those cards that you mentioned, birds, mongrel, uh, Re, uh, you know, whatever reanimate spell, huge like Terrasidon or something. All of those are pretty uh, play. You know, they're, yeah, they're they're all T blocks from uh, Tetris. That's true. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty plastic, universal kind of cards that I would play in like pretty much any rock deck kind of thing. And it doesn't really require stretching that much. Nope. And I think that also applies to a couple of other cards that we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, like uh, Fauna Shaman, Survival, the Fittest. And sure, yeah, of, those cards absolutely work well with the, the quote-unquote reanimator archetype. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definite synergies with, uh, you know, like, reanimate, animate, necromancy, stuff like that. But Well, you, you know, know, I also really like, uh, and, and, you know, you'll, you'll see some, you know, as we talk about these, there'll definitely be some overlap in between. Um, obviously, there's a huge overlap, I think, between cards like Survival and the Blink deck, too. Because, you know, what you're doing, you're toolboxing to get the creatures you need. Um, and those creatures probably have come in the play abilities, you know. You're not going to be like, oh, you know what I really need right now? A jackal pup. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's probably not the card you're going to go get. But you might go get yourself a, oh, I don't know, a Kelvin Vandals. You might go get yourself a... Acidic Slime. Acidic Slime. You might get yourself, uh, you know, the... Uh, a Titan. Game for life. Uh, 
Oh, Bayloth? Yeah, you know, a ravenous Bayloth or a, uh, what's the new one called? Oh, Obstinate, yeah. Obstinate Bayloth. I, I am so bad, I'm so good at mentioning card names when it's not important, but I always, <laughs> what I'm trying to say it. Like, yeah, you know, the 4444, then, you know, does this and does that. And they're like, uh, I'm like, you know, you know the land, it's got a picture of a sun on it, um, makes <laughs> white mana, uh, you know, it's in a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of white weenie decks, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, kind of looks like it's yellow a lot of times, <laughs> uh, planes. Yeah, 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 that's it. So, sorry about that, guys. But, uh, you know, the, sur- you know, exactly, survival, fauna shaman, if you open them early, you know, you can definitely start toolboxing up your, your creatures. So instead of maybe just taking a beater, like, oh, you know what? I want to take this card because, you know, I can go and, you know, I'm able to tutor for it. Or, hey, I already have a reanimate. Maybe I should take a Fallen Shaman. You know what I mean? Because they work well together. Uh, and then, of course, the the holiest of holy build-around-me cards probably work with every single thing we've talked about so far and probably almost every single card to come. Recurring Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> this card, yeah. if you don't have this card in your cube, unless you're not playing rares or unless you can't find I'll tell you what, if you can't find one, you let me know, and I will try to find you one. Yeah. I mean, this card it's... needs to be in your cube. I mean, proxy it, do whatever you need to. If you open it, don't pass it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I guess if there's a, a, an ancestral, you can pass it, I guess. Yeah, or library. You know, or if there's not something that's literally like breaking all the rules of magic, this card is just, you know, it just does everything. I mean, it, it works well in, in all kinds of archetypes. Um, there's, there's obviously just all kinds of, uh, interactions with it. Works well with come into play creatures. Works well with, uh, leaves play creatures. Works well with survival. Works well with Heck, it works well with cards like Stoneforge Mystic and Trinket Mage because you get to keep getting things. Mm-hmm. You know, it works well with Tanglewire and, you know, and, and Smokestack and Braids and things like that because you can, you know, get rid of them, you know, get rid of your tokens and bring other guys back. This, uh, I don't even know what to say about this card that to convince you guys to play it if you're not. Hopefully everyone yeah. is. I, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. I think, I think the memo is out on this card at least. Yeah, I, I think I think the aggro one. I don't know if it that's fully out, but the 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 recurring nightmare one. I'm I'm hoping at least is. Ah, oh, but people pass it all the time in draft. Guys, don't pass this what? card. Take it and build around it. Splash it. It's yeah, good to splash too. If you have any sort of creatures, you get to trade your trade your little dorks in for you know better guys that they kill. And you know, if if you guys haven't had the pleasure, you need to combine it with cards like Palancron. Nice infinite mana, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yose the Morning Star, thank you for playing, but I will be, <laughs> unless you have lots of one mana action, I will be playing the rest of the game. Or, uh, oh, I don't know, Deranged Hermit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avalanche Riders, I mean, just... just oh, yeah. Wow. You know, yikes. I, I don't even know what else to say about this card. Primus? I oh, haven't been that, able to get Woodfall Primus and Recur, but that seems like it could also be really good. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, heck, it even works well with Kitchen Finks and all those guys too. Oh yeah. Is there anything Kitchen Finks can do? I mean, do? Heck, I mean, it's even just absurd when you have something like Wall of Blossoms, you know, plus Kitchen Finks. I mm-hmm. mean, nice. Game Ugh. life, draw some cards. 
Ah, I'm seeing cross-eyed. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Card's so good. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, how about some of the uh, the the big sweeper cards? Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Yeah, sure. Uh, there's some like a uh, upheaval, another card that's just ridiculously good, but uh, kind don't of pass that card either. Yeah, Actually, seriously. Pass it if you're sitting next to me, but don't pass it otherwise. Yeah, see if yeah, hopefully get some of that action. But other uh, car, other master role is kind of uh, kind of opposite, but kind of similar in the vein. There's you got upheaval on one end, and you have cards like uh, Jockle Huffs and Obliterate on the other hand. And both of these cards are, you know, obviously big mana spells that, you know, float a, a ton of mana, play whatever spell, and after the ashes settle, play a bunch of stuff so you, you know, you get ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, classic strategy, you know, people do it with upheaval all the time. You know, if you can restart the game but get a mana or creature head start, I mean, why wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. That would just... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And one of the things, like, you know, both of these are, you know, really good in uh, ramp decks of, you know, most blue decks are ramp style anyway. Like, they want to ramp into finishers and whatever. So for blue decks, upheaval is a pretty natural fit anyway. Uh But, you know, just like obliterate the jockle hubs are more, yeah, for more like the red-based, you know, control mid-range-y kind of decks. And an interesting interaction which I think sells me, or at least, you know, if I were to see a Jockalups in a in a pack or something, like Jockalups and Planeswalkers is is quite useful. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to blow up all the permanents except my Planeswalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Obliterate's a pretty good one for that one, too. I mean, 8 mana, you know, you got to be getting a lot for 8 mana, but guess what? Everything's dead, and they can't mm-hmm. counter it. Like, can't be countered. Nice, uh, nice planeswalker. I mean, and even even a card like, you know, Chandra, V1, plus you know, Yokel Hops is just absurd. Yeah, I mean, or even with upheaval, like even if you have to bounce all of your stuff back to your hand, getting a planeswalker out post upheaval is really nice. Yeah, just go getting anything out post upheaval is nice. Whew. That is true. But, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, the memo is out on upheaval, but I think, uh, obliterate and yokel hops are cards that you guys, uh, might want to take a look at too, to, uh, to see what kind of interactions you may have. We've enjoyed them very much. Um, especially when you play things like dark stealing it. Haha. Oh, yeah. Nice, uh, you know, already have them out of, you don't have to worry about floating it or whatever. So I, I think they're nice build around cards that, that work well on other decks. What do you think of, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna have to actually look it up. It's a card called Devastation from Portal. And I think it destroys all artifacts and, no, creature, all creatures and lands for seven mana. All creatures and lands for seven mana. Yeah, huh. this is kind of a weird one. Yeah, it's from like Starter 99. It, it seems like, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, obviously the, the breaking point there is obviously you want planeswalkers or artifact mana. Um, I don't know. I'd have to test it. Like, and you said seven mana. Yeah, five and double red from Starter ninety nine and Portal and Masters four for you Magic Online players. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's. I, I mean, I think any sort of sweeper effect, wrath effect, is going to be powerful on some level in uh, in this type of format. Um, 
but one of the reasons I, I one of the reasons I like Obliterate so much is because of the can't be countered thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know seven mana. I, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I don't know if I'm being un, unreasonable that I feel like six mana is okay for like Yokohops to yeah, not seven be countered. Mana is, is quite but I feel like seven mana. I feel like more than six. It's just kind of like. Uh, I, I feel like the it might be just a little limited. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never even I've never even considered that card because I, yeah. I feel like both Obliterate and uh, Yokohops are are better versions of that card. And That's I don't just, know really it's not how worth many, bringing the third one in. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how many of those kind of cards you need. I mean, some people would probably say I don't need Obliterate and Yokohops either. But I, like <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the last kind, of, the last card we'll talk about is, uh, I don't know, they're kind of like cards that are similar to uh, Sh- Crystal Shard, but they're just really universally playable in just about everything. They're nice if you build around them, but they're just generally all around really good cards. And the yeah, examples they're... I thought of were like uh, Rafelos, Lanor Elmissary, uh, Palancron, and Abyssal Persecutor. Yeah, well, Rafelos, I mean, these are all cards obviously that are that are very good on their own, but you obviously need to support them to make them even better. Um, Palancron, I don't think, not, not really. I think that one's just, it, it just has so many great interactions with so many different things. But like Rafellos, obviously you want to make sure you're a green heavy deck, you know, like a forest heavy deck, because that's where you're going to get the most value. I mean, you can still play other colors, but you know, if I'm a green, if I'm like a five color, four color green ramp deck. No, yeah, no. Yeah, probably no, not, no. but you know. But but Rafelos is still just fine, and you know, random two color aggressive deck like guy makes a million mana. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll accelerate in my uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll accelerate into my uh, Rastodon sort or feast, sort of feast and famine equip. Yeah, badge. yeah, or, yeah I mean, it's a, it's, that's a fine one too. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you know, Palancron, huh? I have a free four or five. Oh yeah. wait, I have a land that makes more than one mana. Sweet. Yeah, uh, what's that? Academy? I mean, Bounce Lands, even. Yeah, that too. I mean, come out Wake? ahead, come out ahead for those as well. How, yeah, how did you not mention Marari's Wake? Oh, obviously, oh, oh, I don't, I don't know. Marari's Wake, I, you're right. I don't know why we didn't mention that one yet. Yeah, that card's just ridiculous too. It's a definite build around me card. You can pretty much put it in any kind of deck. It's going to be good. I, I've probably not lost very many games, you know, maybe count them on one hand, where I've untapped with Marari's Wake. Wow, and then then the lost or something? Play Right, right, right. Untapped with yeah. Marari's Wake, and, you know, I don't know. They sudden shock me or something. Wow, yeah, it's I like, don't know. Oh. They drew sudden shock. Oh, I'll kill you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't mention that, but Abyssal Persecutor is interesting because um, I've had a chance to play with him quite a bit, and... Uh, Obviously, you don't want to play him in a deck that doesn't have any removal. However, I gotta tell you, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever really had to kill my own persecutor. Um, he pretty much has a giant target on his head right away. I, I have not met the player yet with the cojones to say, yeah, that's fine. I'll just wait and see if the black red deck or the black blue deck <laughs> has a way to get rid of their own creature. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just never happened. It's like, oh crap, that thing is enormous evasion for four mana. Yeah, uh, path it. You know, like, no thanks. Yeah, it's one of those cards that I definitely want. I've been trying to fit in into my cube. It's just, I, 
I don't know. I'm, I think it's one of those steps where I'm going to, I want to put it in as a question of what to take out, but it was one of those cards where uh, initially I was just like, well, your opponent can just st- not kill it or something. Or, you know, they, I, I just came up with these really bad convoluted. Well, I'm, I'm sure you were thinking, well, what if I'm playing against the blue opponent? Yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, I got to tell you, most blue opponents that I've played, because of the, it's not constructed. It's not a, you're not going to face a a blue deck that has enough counter spells for everything that you do. You know what I mean? That 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 kind of deck is very rare. Um, I I don't know if I've played against a blue player that's not just countered it right away if they had it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're just like, oh, I guess I'll wait. Yeah, I. It's not worth the it's not worth the trouble. I mean, I I don't know. I, then you're pretty I, have much... yet, I have yet to run into that situation, which was, you know, the worst case scenario type thing. Um, or, oh my god, what if they faith sweater it? Then I have to get rid of it, and it doesn't do anything. I mean, I guess that would be the worst case scenario, but I, I don't know. That hasn't happened to me yet, and I've I've been pretty happy with the card, mainly because it always draws fire right away. Mm-hmm. Right away. I, I, I haven't come into the situation yet where, oh man... I don't know how I'm going to get rid of this. Oh, wait. I'm playing red-black. I'm playing like a red-black mid-range for some reason. Hey, look. Obliterate. We just talked about this. Oh, wait, look. Blow up everything? Uncounterable? Okay. Oh, my persecutor died. What do you add? Negative six? Oh. Suspend Gargadon. Uh, and they also, can't respond. <laughs> also a very fine one. Nice. I'll do yes. a little bow. Try to respond to this one. Nice <laughs> job. Suspend. Wait, oh, I, I've liked it a lot. So suspend. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like suspend. Oh, I'm gonna. You just like flash him the Gargadon. Ooh, awkward. Yeah, it's like oh, super awkward. It's All right. Bad. Well, I, I think that's we. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Marari's way. Yeah. I, I think that's mentioned all the ones that are pretty much good in anything. Let's talk a little bit about ones that pretty much require very explicit support. Um, these are the cards that, you know, you're very happy to see them in pack one, but you know, after you build your deck, you probably don't want to see them in pack three unless you just happen to be lucky and be in this one. These are cards you definitely want rather open in pack one. And, uh, I think one of them you, you mentioned earlier, which was, uh, Wildfire. Yeah. That's definitely one where, like, a lot of red based decks aren't going to really be happy to play Wildfire in them. Like, at least optimally, like, a Boros deck, you know, an opti- a Boros deck in its optimal state. Man, that sounds like sort of robot. Optimal state. Optimal Boros. state. Yeah, exactly, that's terrible. But, like, you know, most of the time, most red decks aren't going to really want to play with a card like a Wildfire. So, like, say you get it, yeah, third pick, or third pack, and then you get it, like, second pick, or like, oh. Because a lot of these cards, you, it's... It's it's not really worth jumping full ship. Say you've built an an aggro red green aggro deck at that point, like trying to jump into a wildfire deck. It's like, oh, I got past wildfire. I'm gonna go jump into that deck. You're just gonna you're just gonna end up with this kind of if you try doing it for the for the most part, it's just gonna end up in this really awkward kind of wishy washy horrible deck. You know, it's kind of wants to be two things at once. And it right, and you'll always wind right. up drawing the wrong half to accomplish yeah. what you want to accomplish in your game. Yeah, precisely. It's just not, not going to work out. 
Yeah, that, I mean, meanwhile, if you open, you know, if you just happen to have, oh, I happen to have Infernal Titan, Inferno Titan, and you know, some of these other cards, and oh, I open the Wildfire, but I think that's that's definitely the exception and not the rule. Yeah, precisely. I think like definitely, you know, definitely the kinds of decks. That, I mean, you know, like blue red, blue red is obviously going to like this, you know, and the kind of uh, decks that have like a lot of ramp. An artifact-based uh, ramp are obviously going to like Wildfire because they're going to be at the uh, better end once it resolves. Yeah, and of course. I, mean, I don't know if you remember back in the day, like uh, Wildfire was a big component of the Covetous Dragon. Yeah, decks. Covetous Dragon. Yeah, with the a couple artifact manas and uh, a six-five. Oh, that survives through Wildfire. Huh. <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, was it Kai who played that deck or? <sighs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. But all I, I, I could, is that you got to play, you know, re, Retardo, Artifact, Ramp. And the deck might have even have played Fire Diamonds and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. Um, but you know, later on, you got in like the extended format, you got a couple, a couple big hit, bigger hitters. Um, I remember Thran Dynamo. Yep, was like. Yep, that was one of them. Or you know, uh, Grim Monolith. Oh. Well. Um, oh, that's not that's that's just mean. And then you're just like, oh, wildfire! You don't have any creatures, you don't have any lands, but I still have this some some of some manner of artifact mana. And uh, oh yeah, by the way, a six five. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing people overlook too um, in the wildfire deck is you know you can build white red is definitely a can be a control archetype too if you if you draft it a certain way it can be that you know mid rangey control more a control archetype because you have all these sweepers and you have big dudes. Um, Paladin and Vec, Mirror and Crusader, all these guys fit in really well with uh, Wildfire and uh, what is the portal one called? Burning of Xinyi. Yeah, uh, Burning of Xinyi or something like that. I, I yeah, have no idea. That's these, uh, right. guess what? They do red damage, and uh, those creatures uh, have protection from red. So wait, did you say Mirror and Crusader? Yes. Oh no, that's not what I meant. I, I, Sol- I like Soltari Priest or something. No, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, Phyrexian. Think, no, no, no. Uh, Mystic Crusader. Oh, right, the one with Threshold. Sorry, wrong M word, Crusader. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mother Crusader. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, you know those work really well with it too. But once again, you know you have to open them and you have to you have to plan around them. Now, granted, it's worth it when you get the payoff. That's why we're mentioning these cards. Uh, yeah. You like, have to you have to plan for them. You have to play around them. You know, draft around them. So. And obviously, like, once you, like, say you get the wildfire and then you see, like, some of the five plus toughness guys, like a worm coil, and you have, like, the wildfire deck, obviously it'll take, you know, it's good to take those kind of cards higher than right. normal. And, and what are they going to do? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll bolt his worm coil so it, it dies too when he wildfires. Oh. Shrug. Nice uh, I'll, 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 I've got, yeah, deal with these. <laughs> All right, the next, uh, the next one I want to talk about is, uh, that I think we should talk about are the the what I call the there's a whole suite of artifact deck cards, um, and these are things like Talarian Academy, Metalworker, uh, the Tezzerets, um, and probably the biggest one. You know, earlier earlier in the podcast we mentioned cards that are just you do not want to open in pack three, but they're so powerful if you open in pack one. Tinker. Yeah. You know, ah, oh, there are times where yeah, oh, it's so disappointing sometimes when you're just like, oh, why is this card like going 
12th, 13th pick. Mm-hmm. This is pack three, and nobody's, you know, the blue artifact deck. But, man, open that pack one, whew, it's on. Like, thunder. Mm-hmm. Or as or as fans of the NFL might say, it's on, like, Ndamukong. <laughs> what? The rookie of the year, Ndamukong Sue. His first name is Ndamuk. I, I can't even pronounce it now because I think too hard. Ndamukong, I believe, is his first name. Huh. His last name is Sue. S-U-H. Huh. Yeah. It, it's on, like, something that rhymes with on. How about that? Wow. <laughs> so, but anyway, but these are cards that you want to open in pack one because you know what? You want to start jamming as many artifacts in the possible. This is where you play Pokemon with the signets. Got to catch them all. <laughs> hey, Mindstone. Ding. Hey, this artifact mana. Ding. Hey, this artifact creature that costs six mana. Ding. You know, just getting them all in there. Uh, but, but I think the other thing, too, is you need to make sure that you have – not only do you have all the artifacts, you know, you have all your all your signets and all that good stuff, but you want something to be able to abuse with all that colorless mana. So you want things like uh, expels, whether that be stroke of genius, rolling earthquake, or uh, rolling earthquake. You know exactly. <laughs> uh, rolling earthquake, maybe not the best example, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, banefire uh, cards like that, of course. The, another card that works super, you know, in this archetype is uh, Palancron plus uh, Talarian Academy. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Envy so, mana. So, uh, right. Um, nice uh, nice millions of mana. <laughs> nice uh, card. But once again, you have to... Now, I don't play the Tezzerets in my cube just because um, I'm not powered and I don't play a whole lot of the fast mana. But you better believe your sweet Tuchus that if I have five Moxes, Sol Ring, Mana Crypt, Man of all, Grim Monolith, you know, all that kind of stuff, the Tezzerets would be in there for sure. For the, the, like, the original Tezzeret, I'm, that's another card I'm, gonna, I'm trying to fit in. But, yeah, the blue-black one, it's like, I don't know. I, I He's a card I really want to fit in. I just don't know if I have the room for it. And that's, that's one of the things that kind of pains me about Cube, is, like, like Evan Irwin did an update about uh, on his Cube, about with like aggro support or something, mm-hmm. and he and he kind of like said he was like I'm gonna go and update aggro and it really didn't do much in terms of updating making aggro better. But the reason yeah. I go on, there was I'm like going, really expensive cards added too, weren't there? Like things like uh, yeah, Kozilek. Yeah, uh, that's not supporting yes. aggro decks. However, it is supporting the artifact mana deck, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but, and, yeah. Like Eldrazi are really good in the artifact deck. But the the thing, because I, I left some doctoral thesis length comment on there, and what, the point that, and the reason behind this whole soapbox is, like, I think really the best cubes are ones that really make the hard choices. Like, it's very easy to take out, like, a terrible do-nothing card and be like, oh, okay, uh, obvious replacement is obvious. Sure. But it's just like, make, the hard cuts are definitely, the hard changes are, it's just like, you know, like, uh, I don't want to take out this, or, you know, man, this is, this is going to be a hard choice, but, you know, it's the one, it's the right one, or. Right. I'm going to talk about, I, I alluded to this one earlier, and I, and I think this is going to be the last one we're talking about. We're, we're running kind of high on time here, because we're having a good time talking about these cards. Yeah. Now, I know this card isn't for everybody, 
because some of you people out there like to play with quote unquote real magic cards. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, Rare Be Gone from Unhinged has got to be my favorite build around card. Now, this card can be a complete dagger if you open it pack three. Still pretty, still has its uses, but opening this card pack one, uh, is just, I love it because you get to draft a specific archetype around it. Um, you get to go ahead and move in. Now, it says on the card, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but basically it's a four mana, two, a red and a black. And not only does it destroy all rare permanents, but all players have to reveal their hands and discard all rare cards as well. And I don't know if you've ever, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played this card or not, but sometimes it can be a one-sided apocalypse. It is mm-hmm. unreal. And actually it's, it's each player sacrifices. So it's not just destroy. Oh, no regen. Uh, right, no regen. So, uh, sacrifices all rare permanents and then reveals their hand and discards all rare cards. And this card is just a complete sicko play around because the black red archetype, the black red aggressive archetype, is just ridiculous. I mean, I've cast this card and gotten nine for ones before. You know, <laughs> yeah. two creatures in play, three lands, and like three cards in your, you know, four cards in your hand or whatever it was. Because obviously rares are, are are good, but the thing is, is you can still use rares in your deck. It's not like, oh no, I have, I can't play any rares. Of course you can. You know what? Because you're always going to discard. The object of this card is to break the symmetry. You know, you want less rare cards. So obviously you can still draft all your fetch lands because, you know, let's face it, those probably aren't staying in play very often. You know, a lot of your burn spells. But if you think about your black-red aggressive archetype, there's almost all those cards are common or uncommon. And the way we play it personally is we use the original printings. Um, For example, a card like uh, Loxodon Warhammer. Most recent printing was a rare. Original printing, however, was uncommon. So, or, you know, a lot of the promotional cards, they say, well, those are rare. Well, what was it printed at? Let's say Hypnotic Spectre. Most yeah, originally uncommon. Rare. Originally uncommon. Um, also, uh, for those of you out there who say, well, what about Mythics? <clears throat> Mythic rare. <laughs> yeah, Get exactly. Out. Get them out. Get them out. So, you know. There are those Planeswalkers. Those are, yeah, nice Planeswalker. Get them out. <laughs> Get out. So, if you guys, if you guys are in for some fun and, and for an unbelievably fun build around card, I think Rare Be Gone is one of them. Now, I play a really awkward build around card in my cube. That is, I, I don't know if you guys are, are much into Xbox at all, Xbox 360, but I consider this card a, an, an Xbox achievement. I kind of wish I had like a little award to give out to people. And I actually play, and I, I know it's a bad card, but man, is it fun to build around, and that's door to nothingness. <laughs> I gotta tell you, there is nothing as humiliating as getting the door slammed in your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is, it is a hysterical card. It is a card you obviously, if you open and pack one, it's much better because you can just go five color, you know, you just go your five color archetype and force it. If you open it pack three and nobody's an archetype, it's definitely going 15th or whatever. Um, but oh man, is this card really fun to slam the door? Because yeah. you know, 
if it's in play and they're untapped with it and they're looking at your mana and they're like, do they have enough? Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> I'm gonna lose the door to nothingness. No. So, I mean, I'm sure at one point it'll, it'll be pulled out of my cube, but it's a, I don't know. It, it's a, it's an Xbox achievement type card in mine and maybe I'll have to start giving out prizes or something to people who slam the door. Maybe we need to start keeping track of how, who slammed the door and, Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can start a Facebook group of, yeah. <laughs> I got, I got the door slammed in my face, like the progenitus group or something. I don't know. What about having everybody, whoever like beats somebody with it, like having them autograph it? Yeah, I could do that too, but the problem is, is that it's killed so many people. Oh, uh, it friend, just look like a black, yeah, you know, like a sharpie filled. My friend Adam has killed so many people with it. He even, while we were at the, uh, the Star City Invitational, drafted a five color deck and, and slammed the door. It, I, I'm trying to remember who it was against, you know, random pro type. I don't know who it was, but it was really embarrassing for everybody involved on their team. Did the guy tilt like crazy? Oh, he's just like, oh, are you kidding me? And it was one of those <laughs> things, too, where it's like, okay, I think I can kill him next turn. Okay, he doesn't look like he can make two red. Draw. Mountain. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a yeah. hard, uh, you know. It's definitely a build around me because you like the taking the mana high. Oh yeah. Like kind of uh, prioritizing fixing a lot higher kind of thing. Absolutely, and the thing is, is you know, you still need to be able to build a a. It forces you basically to build a five color control deck, which you know is is not the easiest to build. If if you have a cube like mine where I don't play, you know, things like Vivids, I don't play things like Filterlands, where you can just get lots of multiples of other colors. It, it's it's a hard deck to draft. You really have to you know prioritize your fixing and, and grab artifact mana over over what might seem to be quote better cards. Um, so it's definitely challenging. And then of course you know there's nothing worse than playing a door and having them blow it up. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it enter the battlefield tapped? It sure does. So you get one oh. turn to try to get out from underneath of it. It's like where's my where's my orangutan? <laughs> Right, exactly. It's like, oh man, I gotta draw something. So, I don't know. It's a fun card. It's, it's a terrible card, but you know what? If, uh, cubes are for fun, I mean, I obviously, you know, like to keep my cube as competitive as possible, but you know, give me one card. Uh, another one I think we should mention real quick that I, I didn't think about until now. If I can squeeze it in real quickly, if that's okay with you. Oh, go ahead, man. That's all good. Academy Rector. Yeah. Oh. Damn near um, killed him. I love, oh, wrecked him. <laughs> but I mean this is a card that's just I actually like the card on its own um, the card acts like a moat <laughs> yeah opponent casts moat when's the last time, right he's on a moat pretty much because when's the last time I mean, some decks obviously just attack into him because that's just what you have to do if you want to win the game but if you're playing against like a mid-range deck what deck wants to kill that guy like okay well let me kill this guy oh boy here it comes and but you have to build around it. You have to take your Marari's Wakes, your uh, Form of the Dragons, your, Debtor's Nell. you know, Debtor's Nells, your, uh, I mean, I, at worst, I've seen it go and get, like, Faith's Fetters. Yeah, but, ain't bad. I ain't complaining about that. Right. Not, you know, not complaining. But who really wants to chance that? Who wants to chance that thing, you know, dropping a gigantic enchantment on you? Yeah, Dark exactly. bargain. <laughs> I mean, oh. So I wanted to mention that one too. I know some people don't play it out there, 
um, because they don't feel like there's enough support for it. But I think you'd be surprised if you look at the number of uh, enchantments that you can that are still good that you can put in there. I was about to say, uh, get out there e- even in white, I think white's got plenty of enchantments anyway. You know, Journey, Temporal. I mean, if you play, uh, even something, fetters. even if you go and get something like Sacred Mesa, a lot of times that's pretty good too. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll start start making Pegasus high. Yeah, a million million duders. <laughs> Deal so, with this. Yeah, like have fun, you know. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that real quick. So I, I think that's about all I have. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as like build around cards or? Like there's some like sometimes I see them in in some cubes where like the kind of like the blight steel guys. You know they're only really you know good if you have like ways to cheat them out like uh, like sneak attack and uh, whatever. Like if you tinker like blight steel is just terrible without like tinker or something. But you know you know if you guys have watched the show Good Eats with Alton Brown. He okay. always goes like he always goes like you know, but that's for another show. So I guess like this, you know, just like me going on my soapbox about you know, just like stuff like blight steel and whatever. It's it's for another show. So how much do you like uh, Inkwell Leviathan? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get this the shot glasses going. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. Well, but I don't know. Honestly, up. the short version is is like it seems like a card that. Like, it seems, like, there was an analogy we talked about before, and I don't know. I, by the way, I never asked, what, what did you think of that whole analogy with the is, party? Is, is this the short version? What? Oh, yeah, that is the short, yeah. Uh, short version, not a fan. Long version, uh, next yeah, episode. We'll, yeah, some we'll, other episode. We'll get to the long version. We'll get to the long yeah. version. <laughs> get your shot glasses ready. Oh, yeah, totally. Get your shot glasses totally. ready. Yeah. All right, now, well, we should, uh, we should definitely wrap this up here. Let's, uh. Let's get all of our plugs in here and let people know where they can uh, find us. Yep. Uh, of course, my Twitter at uh, Usman the Rad, and uh, and yours at Anthony Forty Two with the Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic, because he's the Stone Chi. The I don't know. Stone Blade. The Stone Blade. The Caw Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Blade Mystic. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Something like that. So those uh, are Twitters. You, you have a blog too, right? Yeah, uh, I'd rather be cubing at uh at dot wordpress dot com. I'm I'm probably gonna ha- uh give Anthony like you know he'll probably give him like admin access so he can start you know if he wants to post stuff as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it begins the proliferation. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely gonna have the Stoneforge Mystic pictures all over the place. <laughs> Stoneforge Bonehorde like, fanfic. Stone, Stoneforge rolling people where they click <laughs> on it and it goes to a picture of Stoneforge Mystic <laughs> singing. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna give you up. With like all, a with like a loop of like different equipment to get right, 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 right. To like like a disco backbeat, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like pictures of different equipment, like a little flashlight thing flashing up. <laughs> anyway, the most odd rave ever. Uh, also, there's no pacifier equipment though. No. <laughs> or or glow sticks equipment. Although Stoneforge has glow sticks. She does. See. There we go. Oh, man, I, I feel an altar coming. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Have Eric work on it. Oh, man. 
Also, uh, my article, I write for quietspeculation.com, and uh, I write cube articles for them. And I'm going to be, uh, like on Friday, I'm going to be doing the last in the, uh, the cube SWAT articles. I'll be doing, like, on artifacts and then just doing kind of wrapping it up, being like, well, this is this is what you can learn. You know, these are lessons to be learned from it, you know. Sure. And those, those SWAT articles have all been very good and and – the, the the neat thing I think about you writing them is that not only have have other people been able to read them and learn things, but it, um I I think you've learned things from writing them too. So yeah, I've retold my red section a decent amount because it's like oh yeah, huh? Turns out I don't need that other you know I don't need this other red X spell or something. Turns out I don't need pyroclasm in a red deck. Yeah. Oh, oh man. That's another, that's, anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm next get, time. get get them ready. Oh, uh, we got the uh like the uh there's a thread on MTG Salvation's Cube forum where you know like it's a third power podcast and I'll probably bump it when this gets uploaded on. And, uh, and guys, don't be afraid to go there. I we know that uh yeah as much as I hate to say this publicly, um we know that MTG Salvation doesn't have a very good reputation among Magic websites. But it is probably the largest group of people who um, are very passionate, but very passionate, and uh, talk about cube drafting and and talk about you know cards that they have and things like that. Um, check it out. It is you know next to the rumor mill um, that they run every rumor season. It is probably the 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 next uh, most active community on the website and. I haven't been able to find, even though there is cubedrafting.com and some other things, I don't think uh, any of them compare to the number of posts and the number of people that uh, Salvation has on their cube forum. So yeah. uh, check I it mean, out. A lot of good information. Um, of course, there's going to be some information you probably don't agree with, too, but that's what happens when people talk on the Internet. But uh, exactly. check it out. There's lots of things to see, lots of things to read about, lots of people to meet. Um, no matter how much I may agree with some of these people, um, I'm sure if I met them in person, it would be like we were, you know, long lost, you know, brothers from another mother so i mean that's how we met like from you know we were talking just like on uh on the salvation came for me you're like hey i'm going to that 5k in st louis i'm like what that's in my backyard right and i mean unfortunately we weren't able to cube that day but we were able to hang out some afterwards while trying to avoid the rain so oh, yeah yeah that was yeah, it was so hot it was like super hot and then rain good yeah. old midwestern weather you know, I'm still not sure why I didn't invite you to come out to dinner to our uh, celebratory dinner afterwards. I don't know if you had something else that you had to do or what. Because I don't, I don't remember honestly. I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I didn't trust you at the time, and maybe now I was so. <laughs> he's we'll going to gonna steal my stone forges. You're right. He's going to. I don't think stone forge was out at the time, but you know, I, I don't, don't know. So. I thought you were going to blow up my car or something. I don't know. Well, that that'll do it. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, we also have the show email too, um, yep. which is uh, MTG the Third Power. At gmail.com. Yep. So, and, uh. It's an email there as well. Oh, and by the way, uh, I think his name is Chris. Chris, uh, I forget. He sent an email. Like, you know, we try to respond to all of them. I'm pretty slow, cause I'm just, I have like no time ever. But, like, Chris, I know he sent an email about, uh, something. About like, uh, like, I think about proxies or something. I don't know. But I'll get back to you. And by the way, congrats on, uh, passing the CPA. Very cool. And uh, Prince Umbutu from uh, Nigeria, I'm sorry, I will not be able to lend you my bank account number uh, for you to transfer and hold that $15 million for you. So yeah. uh, about that. if you're listening to the show, sorry about that, man. 
I think we got our first spam email like a couple, like what, a week ago or something. Like, yeah. Yes, spam. But we haven't got any hate mail. No, we you haven't. Guys, got to be working we'll on that. To, we'll have to work on that. Like I said, next time, next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I think that. Uh, I think that'll do it. You know. All right, man. All right. That, I, that and leaves us uh, one final thing. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Dark Steel. Secrets revealed. See you next time, guys.